I'm Miriam. And I'm Elise. Two friends bound by the love of books. Taking on the world one chapter at a time. This is the Bookbound Besties Podcast. Hey, Bookbound Besties! Welcome to episode seven of season one of the Bookbound Besties podcast. Today we're talking about Fourth Wing chapters 19, 20, and 21. And I, I have to say, this chunk of chapters is a little reprieve from last week. Yeah. Because we didn't end on such a cliffhanger. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. But it still took two chapters to find out what happened. What happened. Yeah, that's true. So I was like, wait, what do you mean? I don't have answers yet. <laughs> but it was still fantastic. And we're like, at the halfway mark. We are officially at the halfway mark. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to start giving us some uh, reactions <laughs> to the beginning, middle, and, and end, end of yeah, the book. That's true, yeah. So before we get into today's episode, I just need to kind of vent. Yeah. Because last week, if you were listening, I was saying how I was super excited for House of Flame and Shadow to come out and how I planned on living under my rock and not coming out, not going on social media, not doing yeah. anything until I read the book or at least reached a point where I felt we had reached some sort of stasis and I wasn't panicking anymore. And then a few days after we recorded, Sarah J. Mass, in a move of, I don't know if it was kindness or evil, <laughs> released the prologue and chapter one of House of Flame and Shadow. I cannot tell you how fast I ran to my computer to read it. Mm-hmm. I read it. I freaked out. I felt a lot of different emotions. I screamed. I like squealed. Anyway, lots of different feelings. And then I had to go on my tre- treadmill to just like <laughs> burn, off my, yeah, bull- yeah, yeah. burn off the nervous energy. And then Elise and I discovered that her schedule changed yeah. and that we needed to start recording on Tuesdays again, and guess what day January 30th falls this year? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is my dedication. <laughs> yeah. So I'm holding her captive and making her record an episode, and then she will be allowed to read Crescent City. <laughs> yeah. But in exchange, I'm not going on our social media. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'm running the socials. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I cannot wait. And... I wa- this morning I watched the Today Show interview with Sarah J. Mass and she, and then she just posted on her socials or actually Court of Mass at Court of Mass posted on their socials that she did some surprise mm-hmm. I saw that. visits to some midnight release parties. And did you know, actually, so she did an interview with Christina Lauren. It's actually Christina and Lauren, but they publish as Christina Lauren. They're okay. ro- a romance duo. They oh. write r- romance novels. Okay. They interviewed her in anticipation of House of Flame and Shadow back in September, I think. And she said that when she sees people reading her books in public, she goes up to them. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't live in in New York, but we should tell Catherine. Oh, it's true. She should wear, like, a big (laughs) t-shirt. Sarah J. Mass, come up to me. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine if we lived in New York City and we went to a midnight release party and she surprised us at that midnight release party. I think I would pass away. (laughs) (laughs) Like just watching her on TV this morning, Justin was, he recorded it for me and he's like, oh, maybe I'm going to watch this interview too. I was like, yes, you should. And 
I'm there, giddy. I'm like, look, look, like a little nerd, like pressed up against the TV, <laughs> watching this interview. I'm gonna have to go watch them later. Yeah, there. I only so the interview that they put on, they aired on TV, was just a snippet. The full thing is online, so I'm really excited to go. Cool. Yeah, watch that. She's just so, she's just so cool. <laughs> I just love her so much. <sighs> I know. <laughs> and like, I'm just on a, a book high generally. Last night I finished. A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, which is the oh, second okay. from Blood and Ash. Right. So good. I'm, you know, like, you know the meme of, it's this woman, si- like, silent screaming when enemies come become lovers at 3 a.m. or <laughs> yes, whatever? Yeah, that yes. was literally me. Like, Jessica was sleeping beside me. The last line of the book. The last line. Well, of, don't spoil it. I won't. No, no, no. Of course not. <laughs> what kind of monster do you think I am? <laughs> no, no, no. The last line of, from Blood and Ash, mm-hmm. and then the last line from this are just mic drop last lines oh my god that when i read the last line i literally put my face in my pillow and just (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome Uh, another friend of mine was telling me that that's her favorite uh series actually i it's up there for me it's up there i really don't think anything will ever dislodge throne of glass because for Mm -hmm. throne of glass really just has my heart but castile denier i think i'm pronouncing his name right Yeah. 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 I, <laughs> he is the perfect morally gray. Like, you know, we're talking, we like morally gray. Yeah. I don't think I've ever read morally gray like him. Really? Yes. Interesting. He is touch her, you die. He yeah. is, I will burn the world down for you. Like, <laughs> so he's very angry. <laughs> he is very angry, but he's also like really sweet. And yeah. I just, I love him. And oh. Poppy, the female man character mm-hmm. is also really, really great. Cool. I really like her. She asks a lot of questions. You know, sometimes we get annoyed. We're like, why don't people just communicate just communicate, more? Yes. Yeah, she's a great communicator. She asks that's a lot great. of questions. Okay, they even like great. make fun of her in the book for all the questions she asks, <laughs> which I love. I think I like that so much because I'm like that too. Like, yeah. I I just don't understand miscommunication. I'm like, there is no reason for it. There is no reason for it. Just address it and it will be taken care of. But also like, you don't want life to just happen to you. You want to be an active participant. Yeah. And if you're being kind of dragged around on this quest or in yeah. these events you need unfolding. To know what's going down. Exactly. So yeah. I really appreciate that she so. isn't afraid to look stupid, quote unquote. Yeah. And ask questions. Okay. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Very okay. Cool. So now I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to fill our listeners in on? Um, so yeah, the last thing I read was uh, Ruthless Vows. So I finished that duology and I liked it, but I think I was expecting to take a much darker turn. So I wasn't, I don't know, as like captivated as I was in the first one, but I really enjoyed it because I think my favorite part of this duology is how it's written and the words. Yes. It's poetic. It's melodic. um, And it serves the story so well because the characters are writers. It's a magical world and the words chosen feel magical. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. But I was underwhelmed. You were underwhelmed, yeah. Yeah, I didn't love it. I don't know if it's because I loved Divine Rivals so much and it t- mm. it just touched me and it was like you're saying so beautiful. Mm-hmm. The story was so beautiful. The way war was woven into the yeah. love story was really beautiful. I don't know. I just I felt like Ruthless Vows was trying to do too much and in doing that it did not enough. Okay. I feel really bad saying that because I loved Divine Rivals <laughs> yeah, so yeah. much. Yeah. And I mean, who am I? I'm just some like accountant <laughs> who likes to read, you know, like no, I'm not no, some I know. literary critic. Yeah, yeah. I could be completely off base there, but I don't know. I just felt like 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't. I, it wasn't as gripping as the first one, I guess. Yeah, but but I also still was enjoyable. on the edge of my seat up until the very end. I thought bad things were going to happen. Yeah, and they didn't. And they didn't. Is that a spoiler? A little bit, but. Yeah. I mean, bad things happen. Bad things did happen. But just not what I thought. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. On to fourth wing? On to fourth wing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Chapter 19. Let's hear from our synopsis queen. All right. Time is frozen as Violet is inches away from losing her life. She manages to get away and finds Zayden at her door. As time snaps back, Zayden snaps next. And we are left with seven less unbonded threats. Zayden and Violet go to meet their dragons, and we learn the details of their connection and what really went down in the room. I liked the. I saw it from the yeah, corner like of that. my I eye. Like <laughs> I like that a lot. Except it's only six fewer. Oh, okay, I thought it was seven. No, because remember the seventh ran away. Okay, I thought it was seven in the room and plus oh. plus one who ran away, but. Semantics. Semantics. (laughs) We know people are dying, okay? Yes. (laughs) Are they ever? All right. The pre-chapter blurb is, in response to the Great War, dragons claimed the Western lands and griffins, the central ones, abandoning the barons and the memory of General Daramore, who nearly destroyed the continent with his army. Our allies sailed home, and we began a period of peace and prosperity as the provinces of Navarre. Our allies sailed home, and we began a period of peace and prosperity as the... <laughs> what? Navarian? What, what's going the on? The provinces of Navarre. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I, okay, <laughs> sorry. Fine. Our allies sailed home, and we began a period of peace and prosperity as the provinces of Navarre. <laughs> <I'm so sorry. laughs> I got it right! I know! <laughs> I won't look at you. Okay, go. Oh, man. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Potential clip. Perfect timing, Stevie. Our allies sailed home, and we began a period of peace and prosperity as the provinces of Navarre united for the first time behind the safety of our wards under the protection of the first bonded riders. And this is from Navarre, an unedited history by Colonel Lewis Markham. So this is interesting because up until now, we didn't really have context of when dragon bonding began. Right. So now we learn that in their history, there was a great war between Navarre and... General Daramore. Sure. Who we don't know who this is. We just know that he had an army. Exactly. But up until that point in their history, there were no bonded dragons. Right. So Nor any wards. Nor any wards. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Maybe we will find out more about this in the next four books. Pieces of the puzzle coming together. This is true. So like you said in your synopsis, Mm -hmm. the chapter picks off exactly where the previous one left off with everyone frozen in place except for Violet. Yeah. And she takes advantage of this moment to shove Oren away from her and clear her neck from the path of his blade, even though he does, he does nick her a little bit. Yeah. And, and Darna warns her that she can't hold it. So that solves the mystery. Yeah. So, and Darna was the reason for the time freeze. Exactly. Which is exciting to learn. Exactly. And time is actually stopping. It's not as though everyone's just frozen because the clock on Violet's desk 
isn't ticking, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's really I mean, that's neat. Quite a power. Absolutely. That's, that's a huge power. Yeah. At this point, we don't know if it's going to be a signet or anything, but mm-hmm. there's potential there. Anyway, it well, just seems just like a really... We don't even know from who it came from. We really, I well, mean... we know Andarna's the cause behind it, but if Andarna has that power, does that mean Violet could also have that power? It, mm-hmm. It's just... It's we still have question marks. What we it's don't have a question mark is who the he Taryn was referring to. Obviously, it was Zayden. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. And I love the imagery because when she sees him in the doorway, she thinks he looks like some kind of dark avenging angel, the messenger of the queen of the gods. He's fully dressed, his face a mask of veritable rage as shadows curl from the walls on either side of him hanging in midair. What, what a, a vi- Yeah, what a vision. What like, a vision. What an mm-hmm. image. I just think that's so shockingly artistic i would imagine this kind of description from farah who's an artist interesting not from violet not that i'm complaining interesting but i'm just saying I, it just surprised me it was just such a beautiful mm. evocative image yeah i at the same time she's so taken by zayden yeah and talks about his visuals a lot but for her to like see something like that and really be taken back by it not not all that shocking I guess. yeah i guess that's true so then Violet thinks, for the first time since crossing the parapet, I'm so fucking relieved to see him that I could cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So time snaps back. Yeah, and Darna lets go of her control on time, and the chaos resumes. And Zayden is just so shocked by what happened, but he doesn't dwell. He just goes, you're all fucking dead. Calmly. Calmly. And I was just going to say, and that is when I really want to drive the point home that I'm mad at my husband, (laughs) I stay very calm. And as we've established, I'm a yeller. (laughs) I mean, that's almost like part of why I like to stay calm in fight scenarios, I think. Because you think it's scarier? It is scarier. You get your point across much more. And if I get too hyped up, I'm just going to cry, which doesn't exactly drive the point home. Yes, that's true. But yeah, I don't know. You're probably right. <laughs> I mean, the way Zayden said it was very scary. It was very It was scary. in my head anyway. <laughs> yeah, me too. And little Mr. Oren surrenders, but Zayden isn't having any of mm-hmm. it. Then Oren tries a different tactic, mm-hmm. saying that he, being Taryn, should never have bonded Violet, and that Zayden, of all people, should have reason enough to want the weakling Violet dead, mm-hmm. and that they were just correcting a mistake. And... Zayden's response is dragons don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing now that Violet and Zayden have this in common is their absolute respect for dragons. Exactly. They respect the dragons as their society believes and should and mm-hmm. believes they should. Mm-hmm. Ideally. Ideally. But then for some reason, there's still that patch of dragon riders who are like above it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved in this moment how we finally get to see the the display of power of the shadows and just how powerful they are. Because I was saying a couple chapters back, what, how does this work? How does this power manifest? I don't understand. But like seeing it in action was nice. Seeing the (laughs) shadows pick up a dagger. Yeah. Off the floor. Yeah. Um, Pretty crazy. Yeah. And then Zayden's like, I've heard everything I need to hear. And he just... Slits Orin's throat. Yep. 
Yep. He goes, she should have killed you on the field, but she's merciful. That's not a fly possessed. <gasps> I'm like grabbing the seat. <laughs> I, I love a touch her. You die. I really do. I'm yeah. not a violent person. Oh, me neither. But I think I would, I would imagine most readers are into that touch her. You die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can speak for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then Elisa's favorite, Mr. Garrick, mm-hmm. walks in mm-hmm. and brings Zayden back to Earth, noting, no time for questioning? Like, not phased in the slightest that there are bodies littering the floor. No. He's just like, you know what? Garrick is a ride or die. He's the one, when you tell him you murdered someone, he's grabbing a shovel. Yep. And this is basically exactly what happens. Actually, yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> So him and Bodhi, they just start carrying the corpses. Yeah, carrying the corpses away. And then Zayden actually, it's it's not like fully said, but Zayden hears her thoughts for the first time. Because Violet is saying in her head, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. I'm alive, I'm alive, alive. alive. And he responds to it. Well, she says she wasn't sure if she... But I think, I think it was because of the font, I think it was in her head. And I okay. think that's supposed to be the first moment where their bond you realize just how bonded they are yeah maybe yeah even before this little encounter Mm -hmm. i would have loved to have more of zayden's perspective because we just know based on the little glimpses that we've had of garrick and zayden together through Mm -hmm. the zayden pov chapters Mm -hmm. that garrick fully knows how obsessed with violet zayden is yeah and this little show of revenge is just more evidence of it yeah it would be fantastic to see that scene, yeah, the, just, the aftermath of them. Yeah, yeah. This it's, is when the Zayden POV <laughs> fanfic is comes in real handy oh, really? because, <laughs> yeah, that author just does such a good job of filling in these gaps that right. readers who love these characters as much as I do mm-hmm. kind of wanted. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe one day she'll pull a Stephanie Meyer and re-release Fourth Wing through Zayden's. and El James. Oh, really? Yeah, there's the whole Fifty Shades from really. Okay. Christian's I didn't perspective. Finish the series. Oh, really? Mm. I read it several times. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Violet succumbs to her shock. She's feeling weak in the knees. She's feeling nauseated. And Zayden reassures her, like, don't worry. You know, this is just mm-hmm. shock. It's completely normal. Are you hurt? And I can literally, when I was reading this, I literally heard in my head some like sexy voice saying, come on, Violet. <laughs> i'm like oh and then he's like pull your shit together and tell me if you're hurt so you you have this like you know Mm -hmm. really suave kind of coaxing he's very sweet with her in this moment i know i know chin lift and all that's what i I wrote next to my from the right guy this time. From the right guy this time. <laughs> and then their gazes collide. And this oh. is, these are the two things we love. Mm-hmm. Our two favorite things. Mm-hmm. She still is hesitating. Yeah. But she can't tell if she can trust him yet. Yeah. Even though he just A saved her life mm-hmm. and B defended her honor mm-hmm. with these attackers. Mm-hmm. But Taryn is Taryn's in her head being yeah. like, Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. And Zayden's also so in tune with her. You can already tell, like, he, we've always talked about how much he notices things about her and how much he's watching Mm -hmm, her and whatever. mm -hmm. And he notices that her breathing is off Mm -hmm. and he guesses that it has something to do with her ribs. Yeah. They determine, 
that her ribs aren't broken, probably due to the dragon scale vest. And this is when Taryn tells her, like, oh, you can trust Zayden with the story of the mm-hmm, vest and mm-hmm. stuff. She reveals to him that the reason she thinks she's survived this long is because of the vest. And and it's proven time and time again. It has saved her life. Many it times. has. But he corrects her and he's like, no, like you also did your fair share. Oh, absolutely. She did. But there were moments where she was getting stabbed. Oh, yes, and yes, it yes, absolutely. fully saved her. So yeah. she don't don't get me wrong. The vest hasn't like fully dragged her through all the training, but it has saved her life more, more than once. Yes. I just wanted to kind of highlight that he is very quick to mm-hmm. give her credit as mm-hmm. well, which I love. I think it's super beautiful. Mm-hmm. She sees her. Yeah. So then he notices the handprint shaped bruise around her neck and he says, I should have killed them slower. And mm-hmm. there's your, uh, there's my, <laughs> touch is, her and die. <laughs> so this is, I was saying earlier when we were kind of chit chatting about a kingdom of flesh and fire. I think touch her and die is becoming one of my favorite romance tropes. Oh, really? Yeah. Like enemies to lovers will always be number one, mm-hmm. but touch her and die. Like I, I need mean, the it, enemy it to goes, then be touch it her goes, and die. Hand in hand. Not really. Yeah, it does. No. How does it go? How does your enemy say touch her and you die? Because the enemy to lover oh, is yeah, I guess. An, usually an aggressive, angry fella <laughs> who then <laughs> quickly switches to a touch her and die. Fair. Okay. They go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> when Violet tells him that, oh, like, don't worry, I'm fine. He goes, never lie to me. Oh, that, that? <laughs> where'd that come from? I don't know. That's actually, did you see on TikTok, there's this guy who uh, does a impression of Taryn. I sent it to you. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So I guess you did see it. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It is very good. It sounds like that, but on steroids. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so he wants to see the damage that was done to her ribs. Mm-hmm. And she goes, is that a request or a demand? And he goes, your pick, as long as I get to see if that fucker broke your ribs. Mm-hmm. His hands curl into fists. He is so angry. And I I guess this is another trope or thing that I like that is probably really toxic. Again, I like it in books, not in real life. Is when the guy is so angry, you can visibly see him restraining his anger. Yeah. At least he's restraining it. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I like. Yeah. Is that he's, yeah. is the restraint. Because if, yeah. Like, I like seeing that he's so angry and this affects him so much. Mm -hmm. But I also like that he's Mm -hmm. not letting it bubble Mm -hmm. over and, you know. He's keeping it in control. Yeah, he's making the situation, he's not making the situation worse. He's Mm -hmm. making it more, like, he's making it as safe as it can be for her. Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. <laughs> so two other men walk in through the door, Garrick and Bodhi following closely after, and they're all dressed at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Curious. It is. What were they up to? I don't know, Lise. I can't tell you. I know, but so <laughs> many secret nighttime missions. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, this is the second time that she it's spotted the, them. Exactly. The first time was after the gauntlet. After Amelie, or not Amelie, Orly. Orly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Interesting. I need more answers. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, in order for him to see her ribs, she has to take off the vest. And I am mm. sweating <laughs> when he says, I know how to handle a corset. <laughs> and then his jaw flexes. And that's another one. Oh, I do like a jaw flex. I love a jaw flex. I, and I feel it happened a few times. It did. And every time I'm like, yes. Yep. Especially because we have a very nice visual coming yeah. to social media yeah. very soon. <laughs> so she says his jaw flex and something that reminds me of raw hunger flitters across his expression before he locks it down, drawing my hair over my shoulder with surprising gentleness. Mm-hmm. Why is it that when an author refers to like horniness as hunger, that it makes me melt? <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, it's. Like, it's raw form, I guess. Your animal side comes out. It's pretty intense. Pretty. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) So he examines her. She thanks him. And then she notes how this should be really awkward, but it's not. And I'm like, ooh. I, I noticed that, too, which is just impressive. But it's also, it's the second time Violet is in this situation because... Like, almost naked with a guy? And she's room. just, like, chill every time. And I think for a 20-year-old, that is really impressive. No? Yeah. I was like, I mean, I get it a bit more with Satan because it's Satan and they obviously have a connection. But I was just like, how are you so calm all the time? Like, not even a little nervous? Good point. <laughs> Good point. I was more thinking about how, you know how when you're, kind of shy and demure, not demure, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. You're just, yeah, you're, you become shy when you're with someone you like mm-hmm. and in a intimate situation. Forget the pa- the fact that she was kind of partially clothed. Just the fact that she's alone mm-hmm. after a super intense situation with the guy that she likes, even mm-hmm. though she won't admit that she likes him. Mm-hmm. It's an intimate moment after mm-hmm. a moment of vulnerability, of shock or whatever, and you just think that it's forgetting the fact that she's partially clothed mm-hmm. kind of could be awkward, mm-hmm. but it's not. But, she, but it's not. Yeah. yeah. He reassembles, I don't know what the correct terminology is for her corset, like reties it up. Releases it. Yeah. There we go. Costume designer accountant. <laughs> and then he drops to his knees. Yeah. And the thoughts that flitter through Violet's head. You don't have to ask us, Aiden, if we enjoy the sight of you kneeling before us. Mm -hmm. We do. (laughs) (laughs) So he ties up her boots and tells her that they're going to have to walk fast despite her pain. He wraps her in a cloak. And then his gaze kind of trips up on her hair. And I don't know if you remember, but when they were under the tree, he has this thing for her hair. Yeah. he. That was when he stopped breathing, right? Mm -hmm. For a half a second? Yeah. I think that was my spiciest, my favorite spiciest moment yeah, from I think that chapter. Mm-hmm. He grabs her, her hand and they run off. And Violet's really confused. She's like, how did nobody hear this attack? And where are we going now? Like she's asking all these questions and he gives her a hard time about being so loud. And she's like, okay, well, can't you use your shadows to conceal us? And he's like, sure, because a giant bl- black cloud moving down the hallway isn't going to look more suspicious than a couple sneaking around. Yeah. Uh, excuse me? A what? Yeah. A couple? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Violet introduces us to my new favorite saying, and that is, not that I wouldn't climb the man like a tree if presented with the right set of circumstances, 
I love that expression. You've never heard that expression? No. This book is the first time I heard it. I think think where I've heard it a lot was in Supernatural. Oh, really? Because one of the two brothers is like very tall. Okay. I mean, they both are tall, but one of them is unnaturally tall. So supernaturally heard, tall, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was used in that maybe a couple times, if not definitely in the fandom. Okay. So yeah, I really was, like that expression. It's I a great, it I, it's a great expression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he leads her up hallways and through passageways and through a hidden door. And in our classic looks like he could kill you, but is a cinnamon roll. He goes, I hope you're not afraid of the dark, but just in case. And he doesn't even wait for her to be like, oh yeah, I am. Or no, I'm not. It's fine. He just turns on some lights for them and you know, mage lights, mage lights. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was really sweet. And then he does a super nice thing like that. Mm -hmm. And then he goes tough guy mode again. And he's like, keep up when she pushes back and is like, well, she asked him to slow down. And he says, I'm not going to baby you like Atos does, Mm -hmm. which again is kind of that. I think at this point he knows that she's mad at him at at Dane. So it's kind of driving that manipulation, but in for her own good kind of situation, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, he does say after and she's like, oh, he doesn't baby me. And he's like, he doesn't. You know it. You hate it, too. If the vibe I'm picking up Mm -hmm. on is any indication. Mm -hmm. But I think the vibe he picked up on is. That she wasn't into the kiss. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that... He, I don't think but, that he picked up on the fact that she's mad at him. Oh, okay. Well, that she's I mean, maybe not... Maybe he did. Maybe his shadows, like, figured it out or something. That she's not into Dane the way she was before. Yeah. Then... <laughs> then they have this... They have this really fun exchange fun. Oh, so, actually... Yes. Yeah. This passage... Yes for me, was the first time they actually sounded like enemies to lovers. The banter was more so enemy-like. Because you know how a few chapters ago I was saying, like, I don't know, like, they're not credible enemies? But I think it was just because... You hadn't been exposed to enough interaction of the two of them? Maybe. Because when we first meet them, we're told they're enemies. Yeah. And then... We basically only have the inner monologue of Violet going, oh, I'm so attracted to him. So it almost skipped over the whole enemies part. But then this passage, I was like, oh, there you go. There's your enemy banter. It feels a bit more realistic. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. It was so great. She basically, Violet saying how, you know, she doesn't think she's ever going to fall asleep again because she's going to be afraid. And then she goes... And if you even think about suggesting that you sleep with me for safety from now on, and he goes, hardly, I don't fuck first years, even when I was one, let alone dot, 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 you. And she goes, who's talking about that? (laughs) (laughs) She's, She's like, I'd have to be a masochist to sleep with you. And I can assure you I am not. And then she thinks to herself, fantasizing about it doesn't count. You and me both, Violet. Yeah. Then she continues and tells him how he hardly seems like the kind of guy who, like, cuddles the following morning. And then then she kind of gives him a little nudge, like, unless you're worried about me killing you. Anyway, I just thought it was... It was great banter, for sure. It was great banter. And he calls her out on it again. He's like, I'm not concerned about that because I noticed that even in this, you know, scary situation, once again, you wounded three of them. You didn't go for any kill shot. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he calls her out on it. He calls her out on it, He yeah. knows her too well. <laughs> At this point, I was just kind of wondering, I mean, post-banter, why hasn't she told Zayn what she saw? Because they're kind of talking about what happened in the evening, and, like, she just had... I, I guess it's because she couldn't believe what she saw, but I was just kind of like, why hasn't she said it yet? Also, me as a reader, just wanting to know what happened. Yeah. But, yeah. I think it's because in the immediate aftermath, she was in such severe shock. And then as soon as she kind of recovered a little bit, he was like, we got to go. Yeah, maybe. He didn't really give her a chance yet. Maybe. So it's revealed that they're on their way to see the dragons to get some answers. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Zayden is masking his concern with action when he says we'd better figure it out so it doesn't happen again. I refuse to sleep on your fucking floor like some kind of guard dog. <laughs> and he kind of, so they're winding through these different corridors and mm-hmm. Violet's marking different things and along the way and stuff. And when they arrive at the final kind of secret passageway, mm-hmm. Zayden asks if, you know, she can keep this to herself once again. And she goes, are you going to promise me another favor? (laughs) And when she needs steadying, he grabs her by the waist. And I think to distract herself, she asks him about how fast he made it to her room. Yeah. And he goes, maybe I sleep in my armor too. Mm -hmm. And he smiles at her in this moment while he's holding her up and stuff and it's just this little moment where he lets his guard down i know and it it's just like oh there's crack there's cracks in the armor i know but then it's gone as as fast as he smiled it was gone it was just just a glimpse you know what those are so rewarding so my sister's boyfriend is hands down one of the smartest people i know and he is the kind of person who will like make witty comments but like kind of under his breath Mm -hmm. and literally (laughs) they've been together for I want to say like seven years I take it as a personal win every time I make him laugh (laughs) (laughs) because he has such a high bar of like what he thinks is funny or whatever so sometimes sometimes I say like really stupid stuff or purposefully things just to get a reaction out of him because he's such like a you know, me and my sister and my brother are very, like, loud, and we rip on each other, and I don't know, like, we just have this, like, crazy dy- dynamic. Justin is rowdy, too, mm-hmm. so he'll jump in, and that's fine, and my brother's girlfriend took her a while, but, like, her, too, but my sister's boyfriend, he will sit back and observe and then right. just, like, throw a zinger, like, at an <laughs> opportune moment or something, and so, I don't know, I just, when this whole, this whole part where she was like, oh, he smiled like a real smile, yeah. Like, yeah. I know exactly <laughs> the what that satisfaction, feels like. It's so yeah. satisfying when you make someone who's tough to get crack. Yeah, crack. Crack. Yeah. Tally's going to hear this and she's going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. Like I tell it to him, to his face yeah, every time I make, yeah, him, yeah. make him laugh. I'm like, yeah, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we're with the dragons mm-hmm. and Zaynan is laying into Taryn. Very ballsy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. It is, but also part of me was kind of like maybe it's not that ballsy because of the connection they have. It almost feels we don't know at this point, but knowing how their dragons are mated and they have some sort of bond now, kind of made me feel like 
all writers talk to their dragons or seem to have a relationship with their dragons that they all kind of like zing each other and like mm-hmm. tear into each other, that it makes it okay for Zayden and Taryn to have that relationship. I don't think so. And I still Sigil don't think it would be okay. And, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because Violet's sitting there and she's just like, oh my God, he's talking yeah, but to Taryn. It, she's new to it. She doesn't know. Maybe. Maybe. I Anyway, I just wasn't that concerned for him. Okay. <laughs> so... Violet's kind of turning to Zayden to be the translator to Mm -hmm. kind of relay what Taryn is telling her to tell Zayden. And then she realizes she doesn't have to do that. And then she gets another voice in her head. Sigal. So this girl has four voices in her head. Wait, she's got hers. One, two, Sigal, three, and Darna, four. Yeah, Yeah. Taryn. Four voices in her head. Oof. Oof. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Poor girl. It's a lot, but... She's just going to have to deal. <laughs> yeah. Zayden is urging Violet to tell him what happened. He's panicked, but like we've established, probably in more ways than than one. Mm-hmm. And then Andarna interjects, saying nature likes all things in balance. That's the first thing we're taught anyway. And she kind of recants. She's like, oh, was that the first thing we were taught? Like, she's kind of going back and forth on, like, what the first thing they were taught, yeah. which I thought was really cute. It kind of reminds me of, like, a five-year-old when they're trying to tell you a story. Which we find out. Yeah, she's a child. She is a child. (laughs) But Taryn is, like, kind of annoyed that she just, like, can't get to the point. Mm. And Sigail is like, oh, shush, like, let her speak. And it's just so, like, mom-dad kid. It's such a little family family dynamic. I love it so much. Uh, Yeah. Even throwing Zayden and Violet in there, like, I I understand it gets weird because of their connection. But it just feels their whole, like, the banter, their dynamic between all of them is very family oriented mm-hmm. at this point we kind of knew we kind of find out what happened with time freezing yeah and that it was andarna and we find out that because she's still a baby she doesn't have full control over her powers which can be dangerous because she basically just gave her power over to violet no i think she was deliberate in giving her her power mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. violet i think it's that feather tails have that ability but it takes too much of themselves, so it, it does take it a lot can of themselves. be extremely dangerous. Absolutely, for them. and it's not only dangerous for her personally, but if other people find out that feather tails can do that, then there's some other ripple effects that can. Well, everyone's going to want to take the power from feather tails, which would in turn basically kill them. Yeah, and it'd be like a whole poaching situation. <laughs> yeah, it would be really scary. It would be really, really bad. This has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I just highlighted when Violet thinks it's odd to imagine Zayden ever not being in control. Hell, I'd pay good money to see him lose it to be the one he lost it with. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. I shut that down immediately. Um, (laughs) No, no, keep going. Please do. Yeah. In learning more about this, or in the discussion about the Signet powers, I think it's Taryn that says it, but... He says, a combination of our power with your own ability to channel, it reflects who you are at the core of your being. So I just kind of started thinking about what singing powers we already know. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Because so Zayden is dark and moody. So shadows kind of, I guess, emerged from that. uh, Mysterious and all of that. But then I was like, what is that saying about Dane? Like he's nosy. Know it all. He's a know-it-all. It's just not nice. No, of course not. <laughs> and then Lilith is temperamental and 
like the weather. So mm-hmm. I was like, that makes sense. But then I was trying to figure out with Sawyer. With the metal? His metal. Yeah, I don't know. Like he's just really hard. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I just, I thought that was an interesting sentence because I just want to, I mean, we don't know that many signet powers yet, but I'm going to keep that in mind as we learn the signet powers. Very, very intuitive of you. <laughs> very good because this actually really only takes center stage in Iron Flame. Oh, does it? Yes. Oof, so far. <laughs> no, well, the, sorry. The fact yeah. or the importance mm-hmm. belying the relationship between what you, you are or who you are, what you need mm-hmm. versus your signet power. Mm-hmm. This comes into play more in Iron Flame. Interesting. So it's just interesting that you picked up on it now. halfway through Fourth Wing. This is where you and I are very, very, very different. (laughs) Zayden then goes into action mode and he says, we need to figure out how the unbonded cadets got into your room. Mm -hmm. And then this is finally when Violet reveals that Mm -hmm. there was a rider there, someone Mm -hmm. who ran away before you arrived. She must have unlocked it from the outside. And he goes, who? And he gently takes her elbow and turns it towards him. And... I just want to say, like, he's probably freaking out on the inside. This is, again, mm-hmm. what we were saying before about having, you know, a lot of emotions and reining them in. Take he, note, Dane. He has control over his emotions. This is what it looks like when a man mm-hmm. controls his emotions. Mm-hmm. And Violet goes, I shake my head. There's no way he'll believe me. I barely believe it myself. And he goes, at some point, you and I are going to have to start trusting each other. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And then we don't find out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I thought we would find out in this chapter. So luckily I was allowed to read another two chapters, but at the end I was like, wait, what? No, but who was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, she needs to draw it out a little bit. Make oh, us really I know. Oh, I know. I was just being greedy. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Award time. Award time. So most romantic award. He snorts a flash of a smile, appearing for a heartbeat. A real one. Not the fake forced sneer I'm used to seeing or the cocky little smirk. An honest, heart-stopping smile that I'm anything but immune to. I picked the same one. I think there's nothing more romantic than your partner making you laugh. Mm-hmm. I love... Like a genuine yeah. laugh. And also, I think part of it for me anyway was... The fact that he let his guard down yeah. in that moment and mm-hmm. we saw his true feelings, mm-hmm. which we don't get to see a lot yeah. because he's so stoic. So it's really lovely. I'm just so giddy. <laughs> <laughs> like my cheeks are hurting because I've just been smiling so much. <laughs> Funniest award. Not that I wouldn't climb the man like a tree if presented with the right set of circumstances. That's funny. Yeah. Mine was when Garrick entered the room after Zayden murdered the unbonded riders. Right. And he just looks at him and goes, no time for questioning. I just, <laughs> we love just such a, I lo- Yeah. Such a <laughs> sassy remark that so, you know you can make among friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spiciest word. Let's see the spiciest line. I'm very curious. I know how to handle a corset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right we're two for three yeah that's i think that's the first time it happens that we have two does it maybe not i don't know i can't remember 
Let us know. (laughs) And thus concludes chapter 19. 19. Synopsis for chapter 20. Let's hear it. All right. We're in formation and Violet's friends are still reeling about last night's attack. A new cadet, Liam, is added to the squad under Zayden's command. Violet is not happy about the new bodyguard. Zayden publicly addresses what happened last night and accuses Amber Mavis of helping initiate the attack. Dane doesn't believe it, but Violet's memories prove the claim and Amber is sentenced to incineration. Wow. And can I just say... You were right. I was right. Um, Okay, remember when we did our teaser episode i think mm-hmm. we were saying how i have to have a good poker face and mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. how good was my poker it was face? great it was great it was great it's really funny because i even threw you a curveball i even told you i was like oh somebody could have had a pair of keys yeah and no. you're like oh yeah that's a great point you were you were great you were great <laughs> it's funny it's funny though because i hadn't put too much thought about it but when you asked me if i thought if i knew who it was it was only in that moment that I was like, okay, what are the clues that I have? How can I put the pieces together? And I, I was able to figure it out. But had you not asked me, I don't know if I would have taken the time to thought, to thought, <laughs> to think. Yeah. But I'm glad you did. I think when I first read it, mm-hmm. maybe I had in the back far mm-hmm. corners of my mind a, a, a gut feeling yeah. or a seed, yeah, exactly, of who it could have been. So I wasn't sh- like completely mm-hmm. shocked when... Mm-hmm. It turned out to be Amber Mavis, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Mm-hmm. All right. So the pre-chapter blurb says, accusing a wing leader of wrongdoing is the most dangerous of all accusations. If you're right, then we failed as a quadrant to select the best wing leaders. If you're wrong, you're dead. This comes from My Time as a Cadet, a memoir by General Augustine Melgren. I feel like Augustine is too posh and gentle and proper of a name for general melbourne <laughs> yeah the man is vicious you think it's a, a gentle name interesting i it sounds i agree posh but it just sounds refined it sounds okay, okay. i don't know interesting i i think it sounds posh but i also think that evil people are posh are posh Ooh, that's like can of worms <laughs> I didn't mean it so so much on a deep level, but if you think like the Malfoys, fair, you know, yes, that's like a good point. It, it, that type of character exists often. Yes. So having a Augustine evil general yeah. isn't crazy to me. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So this chapter opens with the death roll being called, and mm-hmm. Violet doesn't feel an ounce of shame when Oren's name is read out. Mm-hmm. And she's more focused on ignoring everyone's attention for the bruises that she has around her neck. Yeah. And she goes, just like always, my stupid hormone-driven heart stutters at the sight of Zayden. Even the most effective poisons come in pretty packages, and Zayden's exactly that, as beautiful as he is lethal. Mm -hmm. I wrote, she finally just admits it to herself. Mm -hmm. She finally lets herself go and enjoys the fact that she has a crush on him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to be the early stages of love <laughs> feels like forever ago. Oh man! I mean, it was a century <laughs> ago. Yeah. 
So she realizes here, you know, she's watching him. She's referring to him as a panther Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of this really evocative language. And she goes, this is why I haven't, quote unquote, celebrated with anyone else. I don't want anyone else because I want him. Pretty one track mind for for Zayden. Mm hmm. And we want we want him for her too. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Like I told you, it's a slow, 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 slow burn. Yeah. Then Zayden switches Liam, mm-hmm. who is described as a first year big and strong marked one, into Violet's squad with the intention, basically, of putting him there as a bodyguard for Violet. Yeah, and Violet is. <laughs> so you might not remember because it was kind of very briefly mentioned, but Liam was the first to, he was the fastest to rise through mm-hmm. the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. I so didn't remember, the, but they say, they say it in the. Oh, in this chapter again? Yeah. yeah. He's the best cadet mm-hmm. in their year. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have to think too hard about why Zayden would want him mm-hmm. to be Violet's bodyguard. But I love how she goes up to him and she goes, I don't need a bodyguard. And she doesn't really care that she's out of line and that there's people watching or whatever. And Zayden walks past Dane and stands directly in front of Violet, leaning into her space. Again, like, I don't like this in real life, but. And he goes, you do, though, as we both learned last night. And I can't be everywhere you are. But Liam here, he's a first year. He can be in every class at every challenge. And I even had him assigned to library duty. So I hope you get used to him, Soren Gale. I'm on fire. <laughs> I'm on fire. Like. You like that he took control. I love that he took control. I love that he got all up in her face. Like, they're mm-hmm. breathing the same air. Mm-hmm. This is just... The tension is palpable. The tension is... Yeah. The tension is where it's at. I think she said, I hope you don't expect him to sleep in my room. Something yeah, like that. Something like that. Of course not. I had him moved into the one next to yours. Wouldn't want to overstep. And then he just turns around and walks away. Mm-hmm. And this is this is his signature move. Like, he does mm-hmm. this all the time. He did this when they were under the tree. Yeah. He just, he loves to just say something. Well, in general. Get out of there. He will only give the time of day and and attention to the things that kind of get right to the point. Because I've noticed that even in the situation with Dane and stuff, he ignores him. He He's like, I can't even be bothered to deal with anything outside of like my goal. Mm-hmm. So he says what he needs to say and he leaves. He'll ignore comments until he needs to address them. Like he's very just. Pragmatic. Yeah. But I'm sure he also knows how this tactic affects Violet. Oh, fully. Fully, fully. Yeah. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, after Zayden gives Violet attention and mentions something that happened last night, Dane finally... Dane finally Danes. (laughs) That was so nerdy. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Dane finally Danes to... Danes, like, D-E-I... Yeah, I I got it. (laughs) Dane finally looks at Violet for the first time that day and does a double take, obviously seeing her bruises. And did you notice how she's clearly now putting some distance between them because she refers to him as squad leader Aetos. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't refer to him as Dane. Dane. Yeah. And when he goes like, why didn't you tell me or blah, 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 she thinks because you wouldn't believe me even if I did. And mm-hmm. only that thought is proven true. Yeah. It just, his approach, his approach is all wrong. Like constantly it's, why didn't you tell me putting himself first basically instead of like, 
if you look at Rhiannon's approach, she says... She asks questions. She, she, she'll ask questions, but she, she says, if you need me, know that I'm there for you. Yeah. If there's something that you're in trouble, whatever, know that you could tell me. It's very much that approach as opposed to Dane who's like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? And it just feels so invasive and and accu- accusatory. And it's just like, she doesn't trust you <laughs> because look at how you're acting. Yeah. I just feel like what you're saying is totally true. She obviously doesn't feel like she can mm-hmm. come to him and talk mm-hmm. to him. Like she's saying now, like she just doesn't think he would believe her. Mm-hmm. But it's also, yeah, like the onus is on her where, you know, if you think about it as just the fact that they're friends, he would, in an ideal world, take on more of a mentorship role. Mm -hmm. Be like, I've done all this. Like, Mm -hmm. let me help you through it. Forget Mm -hmm. all the feelings that they may or may not have for each other. And I just think that if you have a mentor, it's, on the mentor to check in with you and say, how's it going? Can Mm -hmm. I help you with anything? Blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. Because you don't want to take up too much of the mentor's time Mm -hmm. or for sure, whatever, like there's a power imbalance there. So the fact that he would have expected Violet to come to him, she doesn't want to look weak. She doesn't want to look like a tattletale. She doesn't want to, you know, like there's so many reasons why it wouldn't be on her to go to him. For sure. And just by him saying something like, you could tell me if there's something wrong or then maybe she would feel comfortable in doing that. Yeah, it's true. But he's not even extending that bridge correctly. Yeah. So. It's a good point. Unimpressed. Mm -hmm. After their little fight, uh, we get some friendly banter within the group. Uh, a lot of a lot of sex jokes, a lot of just like friendly college banter, and these moments are just always so precious. I know <laughs> it's such a reprieve from the roller coaster Vi- Violet's life is taking. So I always enjoy like Riddick and Rhiannon and just all the the friendly nonsense. Yeah, I think it makes it brings us back out of this fantasy world and into making it relatable mm-hmm. in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's not taking us out completely. Actually, no, it's not taking us out. It's bringing us in yeah. by giving us a kind of conversation that we're familiar with. Yeah. I, I love that these characters are relatable. Like we had said way back in chapter one, just it feels like people that we hang out with. Yeah. And I, I find it makes the book just so much more readable, like it consumable, you know? Yeah, for sure. So Commander Pancheck announces that it was brought to his attention Mm -hmm. that there was a breach of the codex that had occurred Mm -hmm. and kind of as that's like when the gang starts to have their little banter about sex and all these things like what could the possible breach of the codex be Mm -hmm. and Dane's super annoying and he's like shut up (laughs) okay and then Violet realizes that Zayden is mounting the dais yeah and because Commander Panchak had been like, oh, can the accuser, like, please come forward mm-hmm. or whatever. And so now we realize Zayden's the accuser. And he formally accuses Amber Mavis. So no. I wrote in my notes, at least you were right. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously Dane's first reaction is like, what the hell? Like, mm-hmm. Amber would never. A wing leader would never. He turns completely to face Violet. And he's like, get up there and tell yeah. him that it's not true. And she's like, like he's- I can't do that. It's a wing leader. But she's like, no, but it is true. Yeah. And she she's saying, like, 
in the book, it's written that Violet says this as gently as she can. She has so much restraint. Like I would, I would be screaming at him. Like it is true. (laughs) You know, like look at my neck, look at what I went through. And he's like, it's impossible. And she's like, I was there. Yeah. (laughs) I was there. And he's like, wing leaders are beyond reproach. And so then she goes, why are you so quick to call our wing leader a liar then? Exactly. I love that she threw that back in his face because he's been so like, rules and stickler and then he's presenting this whole thing under the guise of well she's a wing leader so we have to trust her but Violet's like so is Zayden what is your problem 100% and to to me this is just such an example of why we cannot blindly trust authority Dane obviously is his character that's one of his defining Mm -hmm. characteristics Mm -hmm. is that he just trusts the rules the rules Mm -hmm. are above all else trusts authority like to him yeah still though when it it can it conveniences him absolutely yeah we've we've established that for sure that Mm -hmm. he's a hypocrite when it comes to that but maybe because he maybe because amber it's revealed later amber's family was loyal to navarre Mm. that maybe he trusts her over zayden but right who knows right when amber then is defending herself and she claims I've committed no such crime mm-hmm. for Dane. That's enough. So Violet has now told him twice that it actually happened. And Amber just has to say once, obviously in front of thousands of people, she's like, yeah, this like never happened. And Dane's like, okay. It's just, again, he is supposed to be Violet's best friend. Yeah. And he doesn't even entertain believing her. Yeah, it's like goes in one ear out the other. It's crazy. And it just makes, I honestly didn't think I could have been more mad than I was with him last week. But this just makes me want to, okay, because in the ultimate show of entitlement, he lifts his hands and goes, let me see the memories. Oh, I was so, I mean, I have, I have said many times how much he infuriates me, but just to the point you can't even entertain believing her that you need to read her memories to believe her. Like it's how invasive. No, I know. And he just like approaches her with his hands and he's just like, give me the memory. Like, like commanding her basically. I wanted to yell. I wanted to scream. (laughs) I wanted to punch something. I was so mad. And then she goes, touch me without permission and you'll spend the rest of your life regretting it. And it's that that makes him pause. Yeah. Well, I'm glad she said it, but I agree. I agree. It should not have gotten to that point for him to realize what he was doing. Yeah, Yeah. it's insane. So Zayden calls a quorum of wing leaders. So we assume that this is how it's going to be settled. It's going to be settled amongst themselves. But also, in all of this, Dane could have checked Amber's memories. Well, he wasn't going to go all the way across the... If you're going to accuse people of lying. Anyway. Yeah, but I think it's easier to... From his perspective, just think, like, I could, A, I know Violet, I, she's right there. I yeah, can, I can no, I know. I just go into her memories. But also, it's easier to put the the accuser, kind of like innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. It's easier to put the accuser on the, on, it, it, on the hot yeah. seat, exactly, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. the defendant. I guess so. So, while the wing leaders are trying to figure out what they're going to what they're going to do and how they're going to settle the situation. Six dragons arrive to perch along the walls of the courtyard, Taryn being at the center and Sigil being there as mm-hmm. well. So this is happening. We see the wing leaders in the front. We've got Dane. 
just there. <laughs> and Violet's friend, yeah, Violet's friends surround her and they just kind of rally around mm-hmm. her. And I think it's so beautiful. Meanwhile, her supposed best friend is like, you can stop all this right now, Violet. You have to. I don't know what you saw last night, but it wasn't Amber. She cares too much about the rules to break them. Like, how good was Amber in bed to make Dane this freaking dumb and blind? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the hell, Dane? Yeah. It's so upsetting. Oh, I hate this guy. Yeah. And Violet's sitting there and she's like, Zayden is up there defending me. He did not ask for proof. He just believed her and he's willing and ready to execute a wing leader on nothing more than my word. Yep. So... She she has this realization and she's like, this guy's out there fighting for me. I need to now fight for him to make mm-hmm. sure that the limb that he has gone out on on my behalf mm-hmm. doesn't crack. Mm-hmm. So that's when she asks Taryn to share her memory right. with the group. Which is supposed to be against the rules. Well, it's just that their bond is sacred. So yeah. it's just kind of breaking that sanctity of... Mm-hmm. But she's giving permission and obviously it needed to happen. So yeah. So everybody now fully sees what she saw last night Mm -hmm. without a doubt that that was Amber who unlocked the door and she turns to Dane and she goes, do you believe me now? You're supposed to be my oldest friend, Dane, my best friend. There's a reason I didn't tell you. Like my heart shattered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every conversation they have just like pushes them further and further apart. I know. It's so sad because you have to think that they did have a beautiful friendship Mm -hmm. at one point and it's just... And going back to that first passage, which I had like quoted as most romantic in the first chapter, she talks about Dane with such light and such awe and so much excitement to be seeing him again and just talks about how great of friends they were. And to go from that to To where we are now in whatever 15 chapters is just so like heartbreaking yeah but he showed his true colors i guess yeah he made his bed and now he's lying it you know yeah so the wing leaders find amber guilty i mean obviously how could they not at this point yeah. and she crumbles at this point all pretenses have fallen mm-hmm. away and she says it is no crime to rid the quadrant of the weakest rider i did it to protect the integrity of the wings mm-hmm sure sure yeah <laughs> you know what she sounds like jack barlow yeah yeah she's no better than jack barlow she is no better than jack barlow I, and i guess it is jack barlow was again well against dragons he overstepped in a different way in a sense but it's just again everyone outside of her little clique seems so evil i know <laughs> and 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 power hungry driven in just by the desire of wanting to be the strongest and it's just so sad i'm glad violet found some decent people in this crazy crazy world yeah even in this moment violet chose empathy for amber which once again just shows who she is as a person and i thought it's it's so crazy that even in this moment she's showing empathy. I feel I'm a very empathetic person, but I was just like, yeah, oh, let her die. Like, yeah, you reach a limit at some point. Yeah. And I think it's because she was so focused. I mean, she says it herself in the book. She was so focused on getting people to believe her that she didn't yeah. think about what would happen once those people did believe her. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Taryn does the honors. Mm-hmm. Burns Amber. Yeah. To smithereens. Yeah. And then her dragon, Clay, like... I know. That was the most heartbreaking thing. The last line of the chapter. Yeah. A gruesome scream rends the air, shattering a window in the academic wing, and every rider slams their hands over their ears as Clayde? Clay. Clay? Mourns. How do you know? (laughs) I have a friend. Yeah? Named Kaylee. Yeah? And it's spelt... The very similarly with the dh mm-hmm. interesting and it's pronounced kaylee so i'm assuming clay it's clay nice i could be wrong listen you know <laughs> i will take your word for it the internet can come after you okay <laughs> i mean if someone, under the bus. If, so, if someone will correct me yeah i'm happy to take it I'm again just <laughs> we really could listen to the audiobook yeah we just have enough on our plates right now. Yeah. I have to read Hofast. <laughs> also, are you ready for the awards? I'm ready for the awards. Most romantic line. Let's hear it. He isn't demanding proof like Dane. He believes in me, and he's ready to execute a wing leader on nothing more than my word. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. My most romantic was more love, and it's when Sawyer, Sawyer goes, shit's about to get real, breaking formation to stand on my side, and I feel Riddick at my back. It's just the that moment of solidarity yeah, that I just thought support. was really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Funniest line, Violet, I miss sex. Riddick, if you're looking for a little fun, I'm happy to oblige. Violet, I miss good sex. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know <laughs> yeah maybe he's great yeah maybe she just wants uh she just wants aiden yeah my funniest line is of course not he freaking smirks and my traitor's stomach dips i had him moved into the one next to yours i wouldn't want to overstep yeah it's like not that funny but it, it's yeah yeah it's good so spiciest line i went spicy sassy yep me too Touch me without permission, and you'll spend the rest of your life regretting it. Yeah. Clap, 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 clap. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> Mine was, I do not need a bodyguard. I snap at Zayden. Am I out of line speaking to a wing leader that way? Absolutely. Do I care? Not one bit. Mm-hmm. 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 Our last synopsis of the episode. Mm-hmm. Chapter 21. Liam and Violet are at a library visit. We gain insight on Zayden and Liam's past along the way. Violet drops a scroll, accidentally reading the contents, only to discover the attacks on the southern border. Yet, in battle brief, they aren't mentioned. Surely it was classified information. Or are these courses being censored? Ooh. Yes. I live for these synopses. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Just the way you... <laughs> Write them is just so great. I love them. And I practiced reading them this time because... Did you? That's so cute. <laughs> because I, I hate when I'm, like, choking on my own words. So, you know, practice makes perfect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just sit here and re-repeat what I want to say a million times. <laughs> the pre-chapter blurb for chapter 21 is, Don't freak out if you can't immediately channel your dragon's powers, Mira. Yeah, I know you have to be the best at everything, but this isn't something you can control. They'll channel when they feel you're ready. And once they do, you'd better be ready to manifest a signet. Until then, you're not ready. Don't push it. And this is page 61 of the Book of Brennan. I wonder how they gauge if you're ready. The dragons? Yeah. What's the... 
I don't know. It's their relationship, I guess. Maybe. But. They have wisdom that we will never be able exactly. to know. Because Taryn and Violet already have an incredible relationship. And, and, and Darna. So if it's just relationship, I feel she would have it already. Hmm. Anyway, who knows? My lips are sealed. <laughs> so. We know from last chapter that Liam has now been assigned as Violet's bodyguard. Mm-hmm. He is now following her yeah. along Everything. her entire life, <laughs> including library duty. And she's kind of annoyed by his presence, but she really likes him. She goes, he's courteous, he's mm-hmm. funny, and he's ridiculously helpful. It makes it hard to loathe him and his constant presence, even though he leaves wood shavings in little piles everywhere he goes, which is everywhere I go now. Mm-hmm. The guy's constantly whittling with that smaller knife of his Yesterday, he finished the figurine of a bear. And I'm like, this is such a cute hobby. I know. He seems like such a nice guy, too. He seems so wholesome. Like, such a pleasant presence to just have. If you're going to have anyone follow you around, like, at least it's him, you know? he's like a golden retriever. (laughs) Yeah. Just whittling his little figurines. It's really cute. Yeah, it's really sweet. I was wondering, was he at the gathering of the Marked Ones? Do we know? Like... We don't know. Okay. Because... I was just like, was his name mentioned uh, back then? And I just didn't realize. Like, I didn't go back. I could have gone That's back and looked. That's a good question. That's a good question. Okay, maybe I'll go back and look. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we're on our way to the library. Liam and Violet get there. They see Justinia again. Before that, mm. I thought a really important interaction that occurs mm-hmm is when they greet the scribe cadet before they see Jacinia. Yeah. And he greets Violet warmly. And then Liam gets a very different Mm -hmm. vibe Mm -hmm. in his greeting. Mm -hmm. So obviously the scribe is biased against the Mark ones. And Liam remains the bigger person. He's polite as though he hadn't noticed this change in demeanor. Mm -hmm. And Violet asks him, like, how do you do this? And she realizes that she was no better at first because she also had judged Zayden before knowing him mm-hmm. and kind of realizes how wrong that was and how wrong it is to have had those prejudices. Prejudices, exactly. Mm-hmm. But Liam's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. He has that effect on, <laughs> on women. And I just thought that was really funny. And she was like, oh, you, like, really know him. Yeah. And... Liam's like funny. You know what I like is that Liam and actually Zayden does this too. They kind of allow Violet to come to her own conclusions. They don't push her into anything because Liam's like, you have to assume kind of based off the context of this chapter, Liam's been following her around for like a week, let's say. Yeah. Do you know if it was longer than a week? I feel like it was about a week. Probably about a week. I don't know if they say exactly, but. So he's been following her around for some time and he kind of is just happy to be there, let her do her thing. If she wants to be sassy to him, which we learn she's been kind of rude to him, he's taking it. He doesn't really, mm-hmm. you know, react. And now when she's like, oh, like you and Zayden were really close. He's like, you're just catching yeah. on to this now. <laughs> and he's like, I would have told you on that first day if you hadn't been so busy huffing and puffing about my the pleasure of my company. So I just thought that that was really like sweet and funny because he's not putting himself and his needs, you know, above the greater mission or the, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. He's just 
Yeah. It's like, well, he gave her the space she needed to kind of calm down and, and cool off. And to his presence. Exactly. Yeah. And now I guess we're finding them finally where they're starting to chat mm-hmm. and discover things about each other. Mm-hmm. We They have that conversation and then we see Justinia again and Liam is very quick to flirt with her right away. So he also knows sign. Yeah. Which is so impressive. Like, not enough people in our world know sign, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it seems to be uh, a very common, I guess, tongue here in their world. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I used, there's um, a, like, bulk eco grocery store near my Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. And they hired all, like, hearing impaired people. Mm -hmm. And... I guess it's one of the benefits of our current society mm-hmm. that I would just type stuff on my phone. Oh, like that's how we would communicate. communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of lazy, I guess. Well, but you had to figure out how to communicate. So yeah, but it was sense. a way to kind of get around that, I guess, yeah. that we have today. I mean, I can I can Which imagine. They don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. So in this conversation of Liam kind of flirting with Jacinia, Violet's like, she's a nice girl, like, don't do this, whatever. And they bring up that scribes have a shot of life unlike writers. Yeah. Because writers tend to have this very loose living view of life just mm-hmm. because because of the situation they're in. They could die any moment of any given day, whereas scribes actually have a chance for a normalcy i guess life as we would know it in our society and i just thought that was like sad kind of hit me hit me in the heart for a moment but anyway so yeah violet's saying like don't flirt with her unless you mean it because yeah she's, she's a long-term a relationship yeah kind of girl. <laughs> yeah very opposite of the the riders we have met along the way yeah <laughs> in their conversation violet asks liam what did you want to be when you grew up and he says alive. Yeah, actually. So before that, Liam reveals that he knows. So so they're having this little interaction. They're talking about Jacinia. Jacinia mm-hmm. leaves. And Liam reveals that he knows that Violet used to want to be a scribe mm-hmm. because he looked into her and I guess like tried to learn things about her when he was mm-hmm. quote unquote assigned to her. And then he pays her the most beautiful compliment when he said, I've seen you practice this week with those blades of yours, Sorengale. Ryerson was right. You would have been wasted as a scribe. And I just thought that was really nice. A, because it gives her kind of someone else in her corner. Mm-hmm. But it bolsters her even more in an environment where he probably could tell she's feeling wistful. Mm-hmm. So. It was a nice moment. Mm-hmm. And as they're discussing kind of what she wanted to be when she grows up, mm-hmm. she reciprocates the question, what did you want to be mm-hmm. when you grow up? And he goes, alive. Oh, I know. Heartbreaking. I know. Then we get into kind of Liam's history, yeah. which we learn was very interwoven with Zayden's history. Yeah. So it's super, in, like, super fascinating information, but also so many red flags to how the society is, like, dealing with uh, the marked ones. Yeah. So we learned that Zayden and Liam were fostered together. hmm And right away, Violet's, like, a custom that died after the unification of Navarre more than 600 years ago. So 
fostering children or like forcing kids into foster care isn't allowed anymore. Yeah. But it was done. I guess I'm... Yeah, because here they're talking about fostering the children of aristocrats. Mm -hmm. But like, where would those children go otherwise? I don't know. But it just felt very much like we killed all their parents and... Now we have children that we need to take care of. And shove them into a situation, and that wasn't necessarily a good one, Mm -hmm. which doesn't seem to be... I don't know how the society deals with it, but Violet's like, oh, that's weird. Like, that custom doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, for sure. And then we learn about the execution of Liam's parents. When Liam reveals that they, being the children of the rebellion leaders, are fostered, he's like, well, like, yeah, where did you think we went? And she's like, I didn't think. I didn't think, yeah. And I thought this was really unusual for Violet. It's such a departure from her her usual thoughtfulness Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. thoroughness and everything that she does. Mm -hmm. And we learn later on that she read the death rolls. So she's gone into this like detail of documentation of the war, Mm -hmm. but then she didn't think of what happened to the children. And she's usually such a sensitive person. I just thought it was really bizarre. I mean, in that moment, it was because she was grieving her brother. So she wasn't necessarily thinking. Yeah. But... Yes, we learn about the execution of Liam's parents and yes. that his dad wasn't a traitor. Yeah. And was still executed. Yeah. And that Liam witnessed his execution, even yeah. if he didn't have to. Exactly. Ugh. So, which feels, again, like a red flag because the society forced or somebody decided that this is going to happen. Yeah. You know? And then the separation of him and his sister. Heartbreaking. Al- heartbreaking. Apparently illegal. And then we learned that the marked ones are forced to be riders, which I th- already thought that was the case. I yeah, didn't, I brought I didn't, this up in episode two yeah. because Nolan mentions it really briefly and I yeah. said I'll remember this yeah. line. But it was kind of written as if it was like a big reveal in this moment. But anyway. Maybe so, because Violet was in a lot of pain and she didn't pick up on it maybe, or something. I don't know. Maybe. But it just feels like all these things that Violet is learning seems like a shady things were happening mm-hmm. uh, the veil is being lifted from yeah. the worldview that she's been inculcated with. exactly so now i just feel like i can't trust anything or anyone <laughs> i'm just very on edge like i was like oh no like i'm already we knew something was a brew but just seeing all these like red flags pop up i'm like oh my god what is going on i, I need to know what is going on behind the curtain mm-hmm. in their society and their government like ugh, i'm just stressed and i don't trust anyone Yeah. I think that Liam's character is, and maybe he's just parroting kind of the party line, Mm -hmm. but he says, I personally think the quadrant was chosen to give us the best chance of rising in rank, but others, others think it's because the death rate is so much higher for Mm -hmm. riders. So they were hoping to kill us all off without having to do it themselves. I've heard Imogen say they originally figured the dragons would have unimpeachable honors so that they'd never bond a marked one in the first place. And now they don't know quite what to do with us. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Violet asks how many marked ones there were, and Liam's surprised that Zayden hadn't told her, but quickly answers that there are 107, Zayden being the oldest and the youngest being six. So this is actually a really big question in the fandom because the sixth was born marked. And the logistics Mm -hmm. of how that happened are questionable and not answered in this book or in Iron Flame. So this is not a spoiler. Like, how would she have been born with this mark? Because you have to, if we think I back think, to last chapter, mm-hmm. or if we think back to last episode, when 
Violet and the first years received their dragon relics, Mm -hmm. it was from fire. They were Mm -hmm. like burned onto them from Mm -hmm. their dragon. So how would a, and a child in a womb receive this relic? Well, okay. So we know that it's general Melgren's dragon who did it, who, who marked the marked ones. Yes. So in reading that, I just assumed that the mother who was a rebel was pregnant. Yeah. And through magic, the child was marked and they allowed the child to come to term before executing the mother and it just was born marked. Maybe. Brutal though. Oh, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. It's... Mm, Yeah. Yeah. We don't like Malgren. No, we don't. It did spark a bit of a question, though. Because I understand General Malgren seems to be like a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Therefore, his dragon is probably pretty but not like, great is too. Is he bad, or is he just acting in the interests of the kingdom he serves? Yeah, probably to a fault. It's very possible. Very, to a very fault, possible. Or does he truly believe in what he's doing? Like. Yeah, but I think anyone who truly believes that hard in a body of power is it's a fault. You shouldn't blindly believe anyone or anything, not wholeheartedly. I I agree with you. So Stevie agrees too. (laughs) (laughs) But the way they've been painting Melgren, he they're kind of hinting towards him being like a bad dude. We don't really know much about him. We just know people don't like him. Okay. We know that he's responsible for the branding of children. So to me, kind of shady dude. But I was just wondering, why Why did the dragons mark the children? It like, was one dragon. It was Melgren's dragon. Yeah. Marked all it the just, children. Yeah, I know. But it's just the dragons are self-governed, right? Mm-hmm. And it just seems like the marking of the children is such a human problem yeah that it just feels weird that the dragons got involved in that but maybe it it was just that one dragon he was acting out on his own but it just feels kind of like why did they even if they're self-governed and humans are almost like a tool for them why did they partake in that anyway just thoughts can't say anything okay (laughs) gotta read faster can't say anything (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like in this conversation, Liam is kind of peeling back like an onion Mm -hmm. and he does it in the most kind and sensitive ways. He's trying to distract Violet from her interaction with Jacinia, Mm -hmm. who was shocked to see Violet's bruises after the, um, after the attack. And he does this by revealing more about himself. He says, Ryerson taught me to fight during the years he was at Turbain. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone move the way he does. He's the only reason I made it through the first round of challenges. He might not show it, but he takes care of his own. Mm-hmm. And Violet's like, are you trying to sell me on his finer points? And she's like, he's like, you're kind of stuck with him. Yeah. And she then kind of, I feel like this conversation was a turning point for Violet where she kind of come, takes her head out of her own butt <laughs> and like realizes that there are other people with feelings the fact yeah. that she's being followed around by Liam may not be ideal for Liam. Yeah. And it's true. It's true. Like she, <laughs> like really she didn't even consider yeah. like 
we've seen her be so considerate in so many situations. It's true that she would be so in her own head for this. It's like, hello. Yeah, like, this is not great for him. A very good point. So she goes, how could you do this anyway? Guard someone whose own mother oversaw the wing that captured yours. And then he says something cryptic Mm -hmm. that I really want you to remember. Okay. He says, all I can say is that your survival is essential to Ryerson's. Mm -hmm. That's not the important part. And I owe him everything. Yeah. Everything. This is I wrote very, that too. very important. Yeah. I wrote that down too. Good. Yeah. I mean, other than knowing that Zayden was very sheltering and protecting of Liam while they were growing up. So I just kind of assumed that it's his him wanting to pay it forward. But that's all we know so far, so there's a lot of lock and key going on today. Yeah, that's okay. We're getting into the middle of the book, so it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting. It absolutely will. As Violet and Liam are walking back with the cart of books and scrolls, one of them mm-hmm. falls off, and mm-hmm. it appears to be a report of a village being attacked. Violet checks to see if it's classified. It's not, mm-hmm. and it's weird because it's another high altitude attack, which we know from Battle Brief is not normal, and that community storage was looted, which also doesn't really make sense mm-hmm. because of the trade agreement they have with Peromial. She doesn't really think anything of it. She's like, ah, we'll probably learn about it today in Battle Brief. And then she gets this, like, intense hunger pang. Yeah, which made me laugh so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And Taryn then kind of dampens the bond and the feeling dissipates. So this kind of answers your question before about how the bond goes, like, two ways. ways. Yeah. But for the most part, the dragons cut their feelings off from the riders, we can assume, probably because they have experience, they... For example, yeah. Taryn has had a rider before, so he probably knows like, For sure. the way that things work. But I thought it was so funny how it's as he's waking up, it's like those mental shields weren't up yet. Exactly. And then we hear his internal monologue, which was really funny. I really enjoyed it. Uh, just going back to the whole wards failing, all of that, mm-hmm. it just, the fact that it was a high altitude attack is means like the the wards were failing. Isn't it the dragon's magic who protects the wards? Yeah. Just makes me feel even more so But also the high that- altitude attack, what, if you remember from the first battle brief class, what's odd is that griffins cannot fly at such high altitudes. Mm-hmm. Dragons can. Mm-hmm. So they're like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. This is... It's not normal. Especially, yeah. And then she, when she brings up... So the griffins live in Peromiel, like that's their mm-hmm. version of dragons. And so he's, she, she's thinking, we have a trade agreement with them. And it's high altitude. These are two yeah. reasons against it being mm-hmm. the enemy that we would think it is. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's it's just right. a little bit I weird. Tuck still it away. Think it's an inside job. Um, tuck, tuck, tuck <laughs> in the back of your mind. The scene changes, and it's such a normal school interaction. They're talking about grades, mm-hmm. and like I remember having these conversations with my oh, friends absolutely. in high school. Like, oh, what did you get? And what did you, you know? Yeah. Just normal. Yeah. Normal things. Yeah, it's nice. Like, all these normal moments are kind of sprinkled throughout the book of just normalcy. And I think we need it as readers because oh, otherwise... it's so intense. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's well-crafted. It definitely is. Yeah. The enter battle brief, which, remember, is the class where every cadet and rider takes, regardless mm-hmm. of their year. Her scalp prickles. And she fights the urge to turn around because she now knows what this means. Yeah. Liam, a.k.a. Captain Obvious, is like, Zayden's here. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, whatever. She's like trying to act all cool. She flips him the middle figure. And she complains that 
it's as though there would be assassination attempts in class. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, but not so shockingly, Rhiannon and Riddick kind of defend Zayden's protectiveness yeah. of her. Which I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, I, I think I was... I think maybe she's being extra stubborn because it's Zayden. Maybe. Because if you take a a step back and actually look at the situation, it's not crazy to have someone shadowing her. Like, I don't think it's overstepping to have extra protection. She has constantly been attacked. Like, Rhiannon kind of lists it off for her. And it just feels... I mean, maybe it's because she doesn't want to appear weak or whatever, but she needs help. But I think it's also a question of autonomy. Like, she doesn't have a moment to herself anymore. I I guess, but... I mean, they tried to kill her when she was sleeping. (laughs) I know. I know. So the whole squad is kind of, like, jokingly ganging up on Violet. Mm -hmm. And Rhiannon's like, ah, she's just sexually frustrated. And they have such a fun exchange about it. And Liam is like, I can review some candidates. And I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. So good. But then Liam lets something slip. Mm-hmm. Zayden has warded Violet's door without telling her. Yeah. Do you think this is cute? Do I was going to ask you. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I figured you would actually. I love that. I'm like, I, it, it kind of, I just felt he should have told her. Like, she was going to find out anyway. And Do you think she would have found out? Yeah. Yeah, because these things always come to light. Yeah, I, I just felt like he should have at least told her. She she would have been mad about it, but she's mad anyway. Like it just felt unnecessarily unnecessary to keep it a secret. Fair, yeah. fair. Before class starts, it's announced that the winners of this year's squad battle will not only receive bragging rights, but they'll also be given a trip to the front lines to shadow an active wing. Mm-hmm. So we haven't really talked about the squad battle much, but I think it's pretty self explanatory mm-hmm. what it'll likely be. Right then. Class actually starts, mm-hmm. and Professor Markham is like, oh, nothing, like, crazy happened on mm-hmm. the front lines lately, so we're going to dissect some random battle. Yeah, so we're going to study history, essentially. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And the conversation teaches us, like, a little. We learn about a weapon that can kill dragons. We learn that dragons and griffins worked together at some point mm-hmm. against the armies of the barons. Mm-hmm. But... All the while, Violet's freaking out because she's like, I know something yeah. happened. And she's starting to doubt herself. Like, She's like, was it classified? Did I read it wrong? Like, what is going on? Maybe we don't have the clearance for it. Like, yeah, she's starting to question everything, rightfully so, because I was like, why is this being censored? What, what is going on? Like, my internal my internal monologue was losing it. So, yeah, it was kind of kind of weird. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. So. We're not really on a cliffhanger. We're kind of like, oh, that's weird. But I feel like it's a good place to end. Yeah. But I think in this chapter, we see the cracks in their society really opening. So it, anyway, for mm-hmm. that reason, it's it's exciting. For sure. Like, like Violet is becoming disillusioned. Mm-hmm. She's starting to open her eyes to what has been taught, what the conventional wisdom of mm-hmm. Navarian society is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It is. Let's do our last awards of the day. Let's. What's first? Most romantic. Okay, let's hear it. Ryerson taught me to fight during the years he was in Tervain. I've never seen anyone move the way he does. He's the only reason I made it through the first round of challenges. He might not show it, but he takes care of his own. 
Yeah, I like that line a lot. It's beautiful. Mine was, I fumble my quill and it falls to the ground, but before I can lean over, the shadows beneath the arm of my desk lift the instrument like an offering. I pluck it out of the shadows and look back at Zayden. He's locked in conversation with Garrick, not paying me a speck of attention. Except, apparently he is. Mm -hmm. I know. It was a very cute moment. It was a very cute moment. Most funny? Let's hear it. Immense, incredible hunger strikes. My stomach gnawing on emptiness that demands to be appeased with the blood of (laughs) Terrence's internal monologue. It was just, it took, I think I like reread it. I was like, what am, what's going on? Like it took me a a beat to realize it was Taryn and I loved it. Maybe giggle. Mine's also a Taryn interaction. It's when the other students are like being very nice to Violet and Taryn grumbles. They show the appropriate level of deference and Violet responds to what they think I'll be, not who I am. And then he says, that shows excellent forethought. <laughs> I just think he, he, he believes in her. He believes in her. Yeah. All her favorite characters do. I know. <laughs> I have to admit, I do not have a spiciest line. Oh, I picked one. Let's hear it. So my most spiciest line was, I mean, I'm not opposed. He began his knife hovering over the piece of wood. Don't. Even start, you are a shameless flirt. <laughs> so Liam and Violet. That's really cute. Yeah. But I agree. I, I had trouble. I had trouble. Wholesome. I can't picture him as being spicy. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's wholesome, but he's also been making shameless comments in those few pages we had him. So yeah, I guess he gets around. True. Does he ever? Didn't he celebrate? Pretty sure he did. Oh, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think there he did. Go. He was mentioned in passing, like oh, okay. when Rhiannon opens the door and Sawyer walks out of oh, her. Okay, I you see, room. I wouldn't have picked up on his name at that point. So I say this every episode. Third time's a charm, <laughs> <laughs> except for when it comes to the gauntlet, because it took me a lot of back and forth to finally give in on that one. <laughs> All right. For next week, please read chapters twenty-two, twenty-three, and twenty-four. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate this podcast and leave a review. It'll help other people find us. You can follow us on Instagram at bookboundpod and on TikTok at bookboundbesties. Please tag us in your reaction videos or if you're reading along with us, if you're listening to the podcast, we love to just see the impact that we're having out in the world. Yeah, hear your feedback. Yeah, it's really fun. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at bookboundpod at gmail.com. Let's Let's get get to reading. reading.